We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. This morning we have a special guest and I'm just delighted to introduce uh, Dr. Ernest Turner. He's a resident missionary in South Africa, actually over the entire continent of Africa for the International Pentecostal Holiness Church. We're delighted to have him here with us this morning. He's coming to share God's heart with you today. Would you come, Brother Turner, and share what God has laid on your heart? Give him a CHC Royal Missionary Welcome. Can you do that, please? God bless you. Hallelujah. Wow. Greetings in the lovely name of Jesus. What a joy and a pleasure it is to be with you here at Christian Heritage. And uh, what a delight to be with uh, your pastor, um, Steve and, and Yvonne. Thank you for what you're doing in the kingdom of God. And... Uh, I bring you greetings from my wife. She would love to have been here today, but somebody's got to look after the fort. And so she's back in Africa holding, holding things together. Um, I do want to begin by saying that uh, Jesus' last command was that we go and make disciples. Amen? Go and make disciples. And uh, that's the thing that gets me up. Every morning is, 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 is making disciples, seeing the Lord raising up that army. In fact, I believe that uh, he's just waiting for us to finish that so that he can come back and get us. Not everybody has heard yet. Not everybody has been given an opportunity. But when they have, are we going to hear that trumpet sounding in the eastern sky and we out of here? Amen. I'm looking forward to that. Amen. We're going to do a quick PowerPoint here this morning, um, and, and we're going to go through it fairly quickly, uh, just to give you an idea of what we are about and what we're doing. Um, I know that uh, this task has taken a little while, and uh, uh, I've watched my hair turn gray, I've watched it turn white, and I'm, I'm starting to watch it turn loose now. So uh, I know that what I've got to do, I've got to do quickly. I'm running out of time here. But uh, this, is, uh, this is about six hours from where I live. And I like to think of this old fella as that yellow school bus that we sometimes get stuck behind. Uh, last year I lived in Lenore for a short while while we were raising support. And uh, Friday afternoon when you were eager to get home and just relax and see what's happening on the news or whatever, uh, you'd get stuck behind that yellow school bus and you'd have to be really patient. Well, this big old boy comes through here and, and, and while you're waiting, uh, you better start praying when he gets that close. And when he gets this close, if you're not in tongues, you ought to be. Amen. <laughs> And then he gets a little closer and he tries to figure out what he's going to do with you. And then we go to the next one and he, he figures out how he's going to do this. And before you know it, over you go. And now you know. What do you know? You know that road rage affects us all. <laughs> Amen. Just comes in different packages. And so uh, sometimes we, we have the same. Oh, by the way, I am raising money for a new car there. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That, that, that wasn't me. I know better than that, I can tell you. When he gets that close, I'm in reverse gear, in tongues, and out of there. Amen. All right, let's go on to the next one here. Christian heritage, let's go on. 
Um, I believe you can all see that mission was understood as being derived from the very name of God, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, sending the church into the world. A movement from God to the world, the church is viewed as an instrument for that mission. There is a church because there's a mission, not vice versa. In other words, we're here to carry out the mission that God has laid on our hearts. That's what it's all about. Amen? And I've heard so much about that, going to the streets, and I'm in the right place. I know I'm in the right place. All right, this is my good wife, and... uh, uh, over Christmas. Uh, Christmas is a little different in Africa. We're right in the peak of summer, and so we're having cookouts while you guys are singing, uh, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. We literally <laughs> dream about a white Christmas. Amen? All right, let's go on. This gives you an idea of the, the size of the continent of Africa. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but uh, for us to travel from Cape Town in the south all the way up to Tunisia in the north is like flying from Washington, D.C. to L.A., back to D.C. and part of the way back to L.A. It's an enormous, the past has been there. You know what I'm talking about. It seems like you're never, you know, when you travel in the States and you get in Texas, you can be there the whole day. Amen. Well, when you're traveling, when you're flying over Africa, you wonder if you're ever going to get there. And these plane trips uh, just seem to get longer and longer every time I make them. But uh, we, we, we're covering 28 countries in Africa. This is kind of to give you an idea of where we, where we have uh, churches and members. One of these days when we go on to be with the Lord, we're going to meet some of those members. These are our neighbors. These are our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we just broke the million member mark. I'm so excited to, to see what God is doing. It's, it's starting to look like a mushroom as we grow. And uh, we're thanking the Lord for that. Evangelism and church planting, very important part of our work. Let's go on to the next one. It's not hard to, church, to, to plant a church. You, you, you pull out the Jesus film, and, and when, 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 when Jesus begins to speak Bemba, and he speaks Shona, I think there's a Shona lady here, or maybe she's the belly. Is she here today from Zimbabwe? Where's the Zimbabwe lady? Oh, Mangonani. Tiripu Magadio. Hallelujah. Good to see you. <laughs> when, 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 when Jesus starts speaking Shona and you're out in the bush, I want to tell you, it's so exciting to see. You, you can literally see the penny dropping as they understand Jesus in their own language. And when you give that altar call and they rush to the front, and that pastor prays for them in their own language. You leave, you literally leave a church behind. And then the challenge becomes, who's going to look after these folk? Who's going to pastor these folk? How are we going to do? God has a way of doing it. He raises somebody up and, and before you know it, the church is flourishing and growing because the Spirit of God, after all, is the teacher. Amen. Amen. I was in Ethiopia not too long ago and the church was packed, just a little church about this size over here, 800 people jam-packed in there. And I can remember saying, who's the pastor here? They showed me a little 28-year-old young man in the middle of nowhere. I said, God, how are you doing this through a 28-year-old? There's no Bible school, there's no radio station, there's no television. Yeah, How are you doing it? And the Spirit of God whispered in my ear and said, I am the teacher. 
I'm the one that's doing it. I'm the one that's doing it. I'm telling you, that's exciting. All right, let's go on very quickly here. First baptism in, in, in uh, southern Sudan and uh, a different planet, just a totally different place. I can't get into that now. Let, let's go on to the next one. This is in Togo, up close to where you were in Nigeria. This is at the Easter Easter meeting. They have about eight to ten of these now every Easter. Ten thousand max. Why ten thousand? Because the government doesn't want you to have any more in one place at one time in case there's some kind of coup or whatever. I mean, you're talking about an army right there. Ten thousand people gathering together. And so they divide you up. And, and so this is time for the offering. It takes them as long to have an offering as it takes us to have our entire service. Because they'll come and they'll make change and they'll go on and dance around and worship and God will say, it's just grocery money, I'll stretch it for you, put in another five, put in another five, take two, and off they go again until they've given what they gladly wanted to give to the Lord. Amen. There's no hurry there. I have a t-shirt, no hurry in Africa. That's the truth. Let's go on to the next one here. This is at a clinic. We're doing a medical clinic. If there are any medical people that are interested or keen to come with us uh, in May, we've got a pediatrician and uh, several nurses that uh, uh, are going to be with us in Malawi in May. We're going to visit a church plant that we started last year just to encourage the folk and to see if we can't uh, boost the the new church plant. Basically, we're going to put a Band-Aid on cancer. The, the, the people come out from all over the place, but and, and all we're doing is sharing the love of Jesus for those few days. We're really not doing a whole lot. We, It's a, a very simple medical clinic, but it's in the name of Jesus, and all we're doing is trying to show them that we love and that we care, that we're a church that loves and cares for people. And, and, and every one of them gets prayed for healing and for salvation. Those are the two things that we... This is one of those clinics, praying for healing and salvation. Let's go on to the next one. Uh, corn and beans. You've had Matt Bennett here, the people-to-people fella, and uh, doing a tremendous job. The only piece of clothing that those children have is that little T-shirt that they're wearing. And occasionally when they get a piece of soap, they'll go down to the river and wash it out a little bit. And, uh, but every day it's corn and beans, beans and corn. They don't worry about McDonald's. Should we do Burger King today? Well, when? How about when? No, they don't have that problem. They just know it's bean and corn, and they're happy to receive it. Thank you for what you're doing for people to people. You're making a difference. Let's go on to the next one. This is uh, where my office is. This is a little chapel. All the flags basically represent where we have a presence, and uh, we focus there on the leaders. We're focusing, we're working on a program now where we are trusting God to send us African missionaries that we can, that we can pour into and, 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 and equip and send out all across the places that we are not reaching just yet. For us as we get into that, my wife is a teacher by profession and she loves children, she loves teaching. And yes, she is teaching in uh, Nairobi, Kenya, teaching teachers to, to multiply what the Lord has blessed her with. Um, Ethiopia. There's about 300, 350 pastors at this meeting. We were supposed to be there Friday night. 
we missed the plane and we got there Saturday lunchtime. And I said to the fellow I was with, I was so embarrassed because I'm a little time conscious. Uh, and and uh, I said, you know, we, we might as well just quit and go home now. How many people will be there? You know, we're only eight, ten hours late here, you know. Um, he said, no, no, don't worry. We'll be okay. When we got there, 350 of them. I said, when did you guys get you? Or oh, we, we were here last night. If you look carefully, you can see it's a dirt floor. They went out, cut limbs off the trees, put the leaves on the dust, lay down and went to sleep. Those pews that they sit in on aren't as comfortable as the ones you on. they just limbs. And I watched one of these rows where they only had one pen. And they passed that pen down, four or five pastors, trying to scribble a few little words on, onto that paper so that they'd have something to share. No resources, but hungry, hungry, hungry for the things of God. But you know how many people have given their hearts to the Lord? I got the statistics last week. 476,000 members in Ethiopia alone. God is doing something special. In Ethiopia, nearly half a million just in Ethiopia. And we're asking God, give us missionaries out of those that, uh, that they can set Africa on fire once again for him and for his, for, for his glory. Let's go on quickly. All right, let's go on to the next one. I love this picture. Every time I, every time I see that picture, Pastor, I say, wow, I know I can stretch this day. I know I can get another phone call in. I know I can send another email before I got a rest for the night. I believe we can do more for God if we'll just allow Him to stretch us a little more. That's what the fellow was trying to say up there when he asked you about the giving. He, he wants you to let God stretch you just a little bit more so that we can save $3 million. I'm all for that, aren't you? Amen. Let's allow God to stretch us here in the next few weeks. Amen. I love this. I don't know how they all got up there, Sister Yvonne, but they managed, and I believe you could probably squeeze one more if you really tried. All right. Hallelujah. That's a little bit about what we're about in Africa. Please pray for us. If you're giving to missions, praise God. Uh, I know that you support uh, Bill Swartz. Thank the Lord for him. If you're not giving to missions, let him stretch you even a little bit more and put something in the missions thing at the end of whenever it's Mission Sunday or however you do it. And I know that God will multiply it back to you because he says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. That doesn't make sense up here, but when you do it according to what's in here, he works it all out. Your shoes don't wear out as quick. You don't get the holes in your teeth that the others get, and so on and so forth. And you know what I'm saying. Amen. Hallelujah. Are we together here? Have you worked out the accent and you worked through all that? And uh, we're communicating. Amen. Hallelujah. Simple word here this morning. We're going to get right into it right quick here from Judges chapter 6. I'm going to read one verse for you. You know the story well. And um, we're going to use this as a stepping stone and a launching pad. In verse 14 of chapter 6 of Judges, he says, The Lord turned to him. Who is him? Gideon. This is the story about Gideon. The Lord turned to him and said, 
Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your sweet Holy Spirit that is in this place. And we know that your spirit and your word always work together. And so we pray, Father, for an anointing. We, we already sense that anointing and we thank you for it. We thank you, O oh Lord, for anointing us as we share the thoughts and the ideas that you've laid on my heart today. And I pray, Father, that you'd anoint us to receive and then to take it to the streets, to put it in shoe leather and walk it out. Encourage us, draw us to yourself, stir our hearts, inspire us, and then thrust us out under your fresh and new anointing to do what you've called us to do. For we've asked, we ask it in Jesus' lovely name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Um, we, we, uh, I, I was thinking this morning, about what we do as missionaries, we go. If there's anything I know how to do, it's to go. I, I, I live out of a suitcase a lot of the time, and, and, and we go, 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 go. Uh, I had the unpleasant task some years ago of driving four days through the bush in Mozambique, it's a long country. Four days I watched the sun come up. Four days, four, four nights, we slept in the car, in the vehicle, fighting mosquitoes. You, you close the windows, you don't have mosquitoes, but you sweat. I mean, it's, it just pours off of you. Open the windows, it's a little cooler, and mosquitoes eat you alive. Tough situation. Drove four days to discipline one pastor. Not a nice thing to do. Nobody likes to do that. But we prayed for him. We, we worked through the issues. Put him on the bench. Said, you're going to have to take some discipline. And uh, we're going to pray for you. We prayed for him and we left. Very difficult place to get to. Very difficult to communicate with them. I basically forgot about the fellow. And ten years later, a missionary came back from that area and said... Uh, do you have a church in Montepoix, Mozambique? I said, yeah, we used to have one. I went to discipline the pastor there, and I'm not sure whether he made it or not. I, I just haven't been able to communicate. I haven't been able to get word back. And with a big smile on his face, he said, Brother Turner, I want to tell you that there are ten churches that have come out of that church because that fellow did everything you told him to do. You said to him, you need to be disciplined. You need to sit on the bench. But we're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. If you do what I'm telling you to do, God will bless you as you go through the discipline and as you come back. How many of us do that in America? We put them on discipline and <laughs> we go to another church. We're not going to put up with this. We go on television. But there's something to say for sticking to the word of God. And that's all he did. He took the word and he took what we put on him. We prayed and we left. Ten churches came out of that. What a blessing. What a blessing to see the Lord do something when we choose to be obedient to his word. Now, before we get into this, um, we need to understand 
and, and, and you remember that Gideon, Gideon's in a difficult place when, when, where our text was coming from. He had, Gideon is actually in the wine press when God speaks to him. He's hiding away. You don't, you don't, uh, uh, grind corn in a wine press. You don't, he was hiding. He was afraid of the enemy. The enemy would come over the hill and would wipe them out, take all the food that they had. And so he had a little bit to feed his family. And so he's in this wine press hiding and he's whimpering and he's Cowardly, and the Spirit of God speaks to him and calls him a mighty man of valor. I can see Gideon looking around to see, man, are you talking to me? Or is there somebody else in this wine press with me? He was, a, he was scared. But God saw what he was going to become. God takes us from where we are and he sees what we can become in him if we choose to be obedient. Are we together here this morning? And so when he speaks to us, when his word comes to us, when, when his commands come to us, his instructions come to us, even today as his people, we need to understand that those commands are also our enablements. When God tells you to do something, He knows who you are. He knows what you can do. He knows what you can't do. But He enables us if we choose to be obedient. Amen. Sometimes we think, well, there's no way I can do that. There's no way I can, I, I'm, I'm capable of doing that. He knows all that. Uh, we're not all called to be missionaries. We're not all called to be cross-cultural. We're not all called to be Pastor Steve Dows. But we are all called to be a witness. Because if he's done something in your life, if he's turned you around, if he's touched you, if he's removed the scales from your eyes, then you are a witness. And that's all he wants you to do is be a witness. To share what he's doing in your life. To share what he's doing in and through your family and so on and so forth. Amen. I can remember my first assignment in Zimbabwe. We had worship like this morning. People were really just worshiping God and there was a sweet presence of God. And as I got up to share the word, I I looked over that small congregation, just a small, maybe a hundred people. I looked across and I saw big old bullfrogs sitting in rocking chairs, puffed up and just rocking away. And I said, Lord, I know that this is not for them. This is for me. But what do you, you know, you don't tell a congregation. You all look like a bunch of bullfrogs in rocking chairs. Not, not the way to build a church. Amen. And so, so I, I said, God, what are you saying to me? And it was like the Spirit of God said, week after week, you're teaching the word. Week after week, you're getting into the word. And the folks are taking it in. And, but they're getting fat. They're blowing up. Because they don't know what to do with it. They, 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 they're growing, but they're not putting it into shoe leather. They're not using it. They, they're doing something, but they, they're not going anywhere. You've got to sh- teach them to share their testimony. Teach them that they've got a witness. Teach them that there's somebody out there that needs to hear from them. There's somebody out there that needs that little pat on the back. There's somebody that needs your prayer, not the pastor's prayer. Teach them how to witness. Teach them how to share their testimony. Teach them how to put it together. And wow, as they begin to get plugged in, as they begin to share, as they begin to step out in boldness and in obedience, things begin to happen at the church and things begin to grow. And so when God tells us to do something, He gives us the ability to do what He's asking us to do. He tells us and then He waits for our obedience. He waits 
to see what we're going to do with it. And then he blesses. The blessing only comes after we choose to be obedient. Amen? So he gives us the word. He waits for our obedience and then he begins to bless. He waits for us to obey. Uh, It wasn't grace that saved Noah, but it was obedience to the grace message. Fantastic study on Noah. Noah's name is a play on the word grace in the Hebrew. It's a word without the consonants. It's like N-H-H-N. In other words, it's a word like noon. When you read it from the front or from the back, it's still noon. Amen? And, and, and what God was saying to the community through Noah for all Noah's life, when Noah introduced himself and said, I am Noah, what he was saying was, I represent the grace of God. I represent the grace and the mercy of God. He's giving you another chance. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to perish if you'll just listen. But it wasn't the grace that saved Noah. It was the obedience to the message of grace. See, if Noah didn't build the ark, if he wasn't willing to look a fool for 120 years, if he wasn't willing to be spat on and mocked and and, and jeered at and what have you, he would never have completed the task. But when God said, go ahead now and get in the ark, who was it that closed the door? There was no handle on the door. There was no latch on the door. But it says that the hand of God closed the door and the thing began to float. The mercy and the grace of God. We've got to be obedient to his word before the blessing comes. Many years ago, uh, I, I, I learned a lesson. I was, I was working, as, I'm a toolmaker by trade, and, and one Friday afternoon I was making my way home through the traffic in, in Tulsa, and I stopped at a traffic light and cars everywhere, and lo and behold, right there in my lane in front of me, fellow breaks down in the intersection right in front of me and the spirit of God says go ahead and help him I said now wait a minute God you know I've been working I've been standing behind that lathe eight hours and this is this is Christian Mecca this is the place where every Tom Dick and Harry in this traffic is a Christian why don't you pick somebody else you know I need to move on now I know you all never did that So I squeezed into that left lane very politely, and I passed the guy, and as I went past him, I looked in the rearview mirror. There was a trooper coming up behind me, and all he did was push that fellow off into the corner gas station, and the Spirit of God said, you missed a blessing. I said, well, let me go. Uh, He said, there's no going back. When you miss it, you miss it. Amen. You only get one pop at it. There's no rewind when God speaks to us. When he gives us a word, we got to be obedient and we got to put it into practice. Otherwise, the blessing is gone. Uh, Peter, think about Peter walking on the water. He, he looks out across the storm. Pastor, tell me if I'm getting along here. He looks out over the storm and he sees what he thinks is Jesus. And he says, Jesus, if that's you... Bid me, tell me to come to you. And Jesus says, go ahead and come. And, and in obedience, he steps out of the boat and he puts his foot on that little word, come, by faith. And he begins to walk on the water while the others are sitting back in the boat having a seminar 
on why he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. Amen? But, but listen to this. It wasn't, it wasn't Jesus helping him out of the boat to walk on the water. It was only after he turned on CNN and whatever, 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 and saw what was going on, the circumstances around him, that he began to lose his faith and sink. And then the scripture says, Jesus reached out and pulled him into the boat. Jesus never helped him to be obedient, but when he began to fail, when he began to look at the situation that he was in, and his faith began to leave out of his shoes, that's when Jesus stepped in and helped him back into the boat. We've got to be obedient. Think about the little woman that that I believe heard the voice of the Spirit of God and said, if you can push through this crowd, if you can just squeeze through this crowd, and if you could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll heal you after 12 years of an issue of blood. And, And she pushes through and she squeezes and she touches the hem of his garment in obedience to what I believe the Spirit prompted her to do. And Jesus says, Who touched me? And the disciples think, well, Looney Tunes is here. He's under too much pressure. What do you mean? Who touched you, Jesus? The crowd is pressing from all angles. But he said, no, I felt, I I felt something leave out of me and touch somebody in a special way. In obedience, she pressed through. God wants us to be obedient. He wants us to step out in obedience so that he can bless and so that he can use us. Can you say amen today? When Jesus performed a miracle, he often asked the person to do something. And I can give you so many examples. The fishermen that are out there. Whoops, just lost the power. When the fishermen were out there all night, Jesus comes along, he says, throw your nets on the other side. And Peter's thinking, what are you talking about? This is what we do. We are fishermen. We've been out here all night from here to here. That's not going to make any difference. But it did because Jesus knew where the fish were. And in obedience, they changed their nets and the boat began to sink because the blessing was so big. Just that act of obedience to the word that comes from the Lord. And so God is telling Gideon to go and to expect something unusual to happen as he goes. And I believe that as we launch into the spring, boy, if this isn't spring weather, I believe that as we launch into the spring this year, I believe that some unusual things, I just have a sense that there's some unusual things coming down the pike as we begin to step out more and more in obedience to the prompting of the Spirit of God. Can you say amen today? Are we together? And so we need to understand God is not saying to Gideon, I want you to do something just for the sake of doing it and keeping out of trouble. What he's really saying to Gideon, he's saying, get out there on the cutting edge. Get out there where the unusual happens and where the extraordinary takes place, where the supernatural kicks in. Where is that for you today? Where is that place for you today? In Africa is where it happens for me. In 34 years... I've broken down sometimes as I've traveled in Africa. It's scary. When you are traveling on your own and you break down in the middle of Zimbabwe, sis, between Bulawayo and Kwekwe, 
No cell phones, no people, no traffic. There's only two prayers that I figured out that you can pray. And if you know another one, I'll welcome that too, because I'm sure I'll break down sometime in the future. Who knows? Two, two prayers. God, give me the wisdom. Give me the understanding to fix what's wrong. Help me to repair what's wrong. And then the second one is, if we can't do that, then send somebody my way. God sends people across our path when, we, when he needs us to be helped. Amen? And so there I was, I popped the hood, I, I was cruising down the road and pluck, all of a sudden the engine went dead, the car died, the steering wheel got all heavy, no brakes, managed to pull off and, and I said, well, let's have a look what we can fix. And I popped the hood, there was all kinds of mess, belts and what have you and what have you. I said, a screwdriver and a pair of pliers is just not going to do it, Lord. So plan B, let's pray to send somebody. And so we no sooner finished praying and here came two fellows on bicycles. And I thought, well, I don't know how they're going to help me, but I did ask you to send somebody. And so they came along and I asked them to help me just turn the vehicle around and face back to where I had come from. I don't know why I did that. But as I look back now, I believe that it was part of the wisdom of God. God knew something that I didn't know. And, and so I sat there from midday till almost dark, praying for the next person to come along. When he finally came along from that direction, so I was facing the right way, a guy stopped and he couldn't help me. He said, but I'm going back to get my brother-in-law and he'll help us get out of this mess. When he came back, a tattoo man got out of, and I don't have anything against tattoos, brother, but this fellow had some... Nasty stuff, swastikas and question mark between his eyes. And I looked at this and I know this doesn't happen to you, but, you know, sometimes fear comes in strange packages. And the devil began to speak to me, said, "Mm, these oaks are going to clean you out. You go into a conference, you got a pocket full of money, new computer, overhead projector, projector, they're going to clean you out. Fear gripped my heart. Long story short, they began to tow me and when we turned into the bush, it was dark. And that fear was all, I started moving money under the mat in a cubby hole. <laughs> when we got close to the farmhouse, there was one light hanging over the, the veranda, the porch. A little old lady came out with a walking stick. And the Spirit of God said, it's going to be okay. That's the matriarch. Nothing's going to happen with that old lady here. They began to work on the car. They had to weld the air conditioning unit back that completed the circuit. At about 2 o'clock in the morning, they said to me, crank it up, preacher. And I turned that key and it said, I said, hallelujah, we're still going to conference. We're still going to do what you sent us to do, Lord. I took all that money. I collected all the money that I had for the conference. And I said, I can see that you guys are poor. You've got one light in this whole house. And I blessed them with the conference money. I borrowed money to pay for the conference. But I blessed those fellas because I believed that God sent them my way, even as angels. I don't know what they were, but he used them to get me out of the jam. Amen. Amen. Don't, don't, ever, don't ever judge the book by its cover. 
swastikas and question marks don't count. When God wants to use somebody, he's going to use them in all kinds of unusual packages. When you pray, God, send somebody, send somebody to help me. Don't question who comes. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are you listening to me today? Are you hearing what I'm saying? He, he wants us, he wants us to be willing to flow with him. Where's that cutting edge? Where's the extraordinary for you? It was an ordinary day when, 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 what was his name? A Todd Beamer. How many of you have heard of Todd Beamer? All right, there's quite a few of you here. It was an ordinary day in Newark, New Jersey when Todd Beamer got onto that flight. It wasn't long into the flight and he called his wife. Words, the last words that she heard him say as he threw the telephone onto the seat of the plane were, let's roll. And the plane that was aimed at the White House was diverted because of Todd Beamer and whoever else was with him and landed, crash landed into a Uh, an open field near Sharpsville, Pennsylvania. And today we've still got a White House and we've still got a president and we've still got some things intact because one man on an ordinary day heard the voice of God and said, it's time to rise up and be counted. Yes, he lost his life. Yes, all those people on the plane lost their lives, but he was listening to God and he was willing to be obedient to step out and to do his part. God wants us to be obedient. He wants us to step out and to do what he's called us to do. That word in the Hebrew koach, the strength that you have the power that you have as a person to do something it simply has to do with uh, when you put a seed in the soil who makes that seed spring forth who 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 makes that seed grow that thing into a into a, a seven foot corn plant with three ears on it with multiple seeds who does that the power of God and so what he's saying to Gideon he's saying Gideon I know that you're in the wine press I know that you're afraid I know that you're terrified of the enemy I know what your bank account is I know what your education is I know all those things I know what you can do and I know what you can't do if you'll just step out in obedience and do what you can do I'll do all the things that you can't do. I am going to go with you and we're going to defeat the enemy. And you can read the rest of the story, the simple things that God used. So what's the bottom line? What's the bottom line here this morning? The Lord wants us to go. He says, I've chosen you. I've set you aside from the foundations of the earth. I've called you. I know every hair that's on your head. I know what you can do and what you I know what gifts I gave you. I want you to use them. If you'll just tune, tune your, your spiritual ear in and listen to what I want you to accomplish, what I want you to do, I will give you the anointing. I'll make the difference. In Exodus 33, Moses, God says to Moses, go on into the promised land, but I'm not going with you. I'm fed up with you stiff-necked, hard-hearted people. I'm not doing it anymore. You go on into the promised land, but I'm not going with you. And around verse 15, Moses says, God, if you don't go, then, then I'm not going. I'm not going. 
I'm not going to do it without you because it's you in my life that makes the difference. Oh, if we can all just come to that place and say, God, if you don't go with me, I can't do it. I have to have you. I have to be obedient to you and I have to have your spirit to anoint me to make a difference. God wants each one of us in our own little sphere to make the world a better place. And the way we do that is somehow bring it back to the difference that Jesus makes in your life. They'll listen to you. They'll listen to you. Amen. You can go where the pastor cannot go or has not gone. Amen. But each one of us, when you said yes to Jesus, one of the first things he did was he said, he has a supernatural gift. And he gave us a supernatural gift. What we do with that is up to us. If we exercise it, we start getting spiritual muscles. Part of the job that the pastor has is to help you recognize that gift so he can plug you in. Amen. So what's the bottom line? He chose you. He's got a purpose and a plan. He's waiting for us to complete the task of making disciples. And he's chosen all of us to be some part of that. Saw a t-shirt the other day said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. And the back of the t-shirt said, what part of go don't you understand? I'll leave that with you today. Amen. He's chosen you. And he wants to use you in a magnificent way as you go into the spring season. There's three million dollars here, brother. And I can see when they, when they shake your hand and say, yes, we did that. Amen. Step out in faith and let him stretch you as never before today. Let's stand together. You may not, you may be here and you may not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You may be here and not where you should be with the Lord. I I don't know where you all are today. But I just pray that the Spirit of God would meet you where you are and draw you to himself and remove the obstacles and the scales that that you're up against here today. Father, I thank you for Christian Heritage Church. I thank you for Pastor Dow. I thank you for Pastor Yvonne. I thank you for the staff. I thank you for every leader in this church today. I thank you for the vision that you've given them. I thank you for the provision that you're bringing in the future. And I pray, Father, that all those that are out there in the north and the south and the east and the west that should be in a, on a pew here, on a seat here Sunday morning, that you'd begin to release and to remove the obstacles that are preventing them from coming. Some of them are just waiting to be invited. Some of them are just waiting for us to say, Why don't you come with me to church this morning or tomorrow or next week? Some of them are just waiting for a kind word from one of us. Father, speak to our hearts here and use us. Help us to tune in, Lord. Oh, there's so many distractions today. There's so many things, Lord, that would carry us away from being in church on Sunday. And so we just ask that you'd remove those in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And that you would begin to release us, Lord, and release this community to become a strong army as never before, even in Christian, at this place of Christian heritage. Speak to our hearts now, Lord, and draw us by your Spirit and help us to go out and make the world a better place. For we ask it 
Not because we deserve it, Lord, but we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. 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 Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.